streaming on Paramount Plus. You ready, Bob? Well, all right. Audiences are raving. Bob Marley is electrifying. It's the feel-good movie of the year. You dig? Bob Marley, One Love. Rated PG-13. Now streaming on Paramount Plus. You can now relive the best moments of the UEFA Champions League 24-7. The UEFA Champions League channel is a new 24-hour streaming channel serving non-stop goals, highlights, and full match replays from the world's most prestigious club competition. Reminisce on your favorite moments, legendary players, and brilliant goals with the UEFA Champions League channel, streaming around the clock on Pluto TV and the CBS Sports app. The chilling new original docuseries on Paramount+. Plus. Why did he kill his family? The answer lies across the ocean in a woman named Sylvie. She's the can model. Where desire leads to deception. I ended up spending twelve and $15,000 a day. It was addictive. I can't get you out. And obsession leads to murder. Who did this to your family? You can't really maintain a fantasy forever. Control all desire. Now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Welcome back, everybody, to another edition of the Auburn Undercover Podcast, another recruiting live show. I guess we're making this a Tuesday night thing. Um, Jason, I honestly didn't realize uh, Christian Clemente here, joined by Jason Caldwell, and Philip Dukes is going to be here soon. Honestly, kind of forgot that Auburn basketball is playing at this time. Um, and that was mentioned on the board when I noted that we were going to go live at this time, but we've been kind of making it a tradition to go live on Tuesdays at 8.30 at the time of starting the live show. Auburn basketball is up 37 last time I looked, so... Yeah. They're uh, 30, 65-33 at the moment, so I, I think that one's okay in hand anyway. So Yeah, so I don't think you're missing too much if you're over here watching the recruiting show. Um, and if you're just listening to us later on, then maybe you're watching our big win. But we've got a lot to talk about. Um, big recruiting weekend coming up for the Iron Bowl. Before we get into that, guys, if you're watching or you're listening and you're not a subscriber, make sure to join us over at AuburnUndercover.com. I teased this last week during the show. And the sale started uh, today. The Black Friday special will run in it through next Tuesday or to next Tuesday, I think. So through next Monday, 75% off an annual sub, less than $30 for the year. It's like 50 cents a week. It's something crazy like that. This is the best sale that we run. Going to be your best opportunity to join us. Everything that we're going to be talking about on this show, we've already talked about it on the board. We'll go more extensive on the board. We'll have stories, stuff like that. Trust me, you do not want to miss out on this sale. We've had, we've already had good Iron Bull content. We have a lot of good Iron Bull content coming, so definitely make sure to come check us out for that. Um, and I'm already seeing a couple questions in the chat. Make sure to drop any questions y'all have. We'll try and hit all of those. First one, let's just get straight into some questions. Um, I figured the first one would be about Cam Coleman, and sure enough, he's involved in the question. Let's see. I left the basketball game for this. Is Ryan Williams more of a long shot at this point? How's that going to shake out if we, if Auburn gets Cam Coleman? I don't think Ryan Williams is necessarily a long shot. I, my percentage in my head has not changed on Ryan Williams at all with the Cam Coleman situation. The Cam Coleman situation, his percentage has just gone up in my mind. That That's my take on it personally. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I don't know that um, – I don't know that Ryan Williams is really worried about where other guys are going. I think it's all about where he feels like he can, can have the best fit, those things – would it would it might maybe have an impact it, it might have an impact but I, only ryan williams can answer that and and he's not going to really talk about it but um no i i'd say this we 
we felt for a while that Auburn had a shot and a pretty good shot at one of those guys for a long time. I think we probably felt like it was more Ryan Williams than Cam Coleman. And then when Jimbo Fisher got fired, it has changed and and dramatically in in my mind now that I think Auburn has a has a pretty good shot at Cam Coleman, uh, based on the fact that he's he's made a few visits. So um, I, I see Bubba asking like percentages. I don't I don't know what my percentage would be right now, but I think I'd probably be in the in the 60 to 70 percent chance in my in my mind at the moment yeah you would take auburn over the field at this point personally and that includes texas a&m that includes florida state georgia still in there maybe a little bit florida as well um so you know we'll have to see but expected back for the iron bowl he was here yesterday on monday he was here last monday jason we went to go and see him play on friday night and he was I mean, he was everything that we thought he was um, in terms of talent. Had a couple of incredible catches, ended the night with 10 for 208 and a touchdown. Not quite as good as the last time he played Auburn High when he caught eight passes for 293 yards and four touchdowns. Four touchdowns. Yeah, <laughs> if I told you that that I thought this guy was A.J. Green, would that be a guy that you'd say would, would be a pretty good fit? Absolutely, Yeah. Uh... <clears throat> I always thought that these two were kind of like uh what speaking of Perry Thompson, they were kind of like the uh Julio Jones and AJ Green to me that, that year they came out. So uh one being more physical, and then you got uh Coleman who if you could call a football player graceful, he's one that you would call graceful as far as the way he moves, uh long legs, runs like a gazelle. Uh he really intentional about his movements. So yeah, I definitely agree with the AJ Green comparison. Yeah, he is, you know, I was watching one of our national recruiting podcasts that Cooper Patagna and Andrew Ivins do um, earlier today, and they were talking about Cam Coleman, and, you know, they made a good point. He's the number three receiver in the country in a really, really good receiver class. I mean, Jeremiah Smith is looked at as a really, really good player. There's some other guys. Perry Thompson's obviously a five-star. And if Ryan Williams were to reclassify and bump up to the 2024 class, I mean, you're talking about nationally overall in terms of all of the wide receivers – one of the best receiver classes in really a long time. So Um, quarterback is always going to be that position. Offensive tackle is going to always be that position, but wide receiver and pass rusher have now become premier elite positions of need for every team. If you want to be good, it used to be, you had to have running back. You had to have running backs. You look at it and having that wide receiver now is more important than having that running back. I think, you know, high school football is still – you have that running back, it's different. You start to get college football in, in the NFL, having those guys at wide receiver is vital to success. If you don't – you don't you don't believe – ask Mac Jones how vital it is. I mean, ask ask these guys that that were first-round draft choices and that had really good – hey, ask Bryce Young, the same thing. You, you, you don't give those guys weapons to work with in the NFL and, and see what happens. And – you know, it's it's really difficult, changes the game, and that's why you see Auburn going absolutely crazy trying to add ultra-talented wide receivers in this class. Yeah, it's kind of – I don't know, Jason, we've been talking as portal season gets closer and closer, we've been talking about quarterback and, you know, Peyton Thorne still has another year. What will they do there? Will they look to bring in another guy? What happens with Robbie Ashford and Holden Gurner, stuff like that? For me, it's a lot of – 
what do you have at receiver? What do you have weapon wise? Because no matter if you did bring someone in, no matter who it is, I don't, I don't think it matter that much with this with this group. But even if you bring in some of these really talented guys like Perry Thompson and Cam Coleman or Ryan Williams or whatever, Peyton Thorne might just be good enough for you next year. To be honest, you, you, the the thing you look at and. Stat Tiger does a great job of, of doing some numbers and running numbers. And he said, look, this this wider this group right now has done a great job of explosive wide receiver plays. So they've like 30 yards or more. They've been, I think, fifth out of the last 32 teams in Auburn and having a 30 or yard. You know where they are in 10 to 20 yarders? Last. 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 Yeah. The last of the last 32 Auburn teams to have those kind of plays that's the tough catches. That's the balls over the middle. That's the a out route when you got to get a first down. Those are the plays that they haven't been able to make. You add these physical guys and guys that can create separation, and all of a sudden you make more of those plays. That's how you that's how you win in offense. You got to have the explosive plays, but if you don't make those plays to get a third and seven and to convert a first down, you just can't you can't survive and and that's the problem that Auburn has right now on offense and this is a classic that help that let's hit this question from the chat real quick any chance of commitments this weekend Jonathan that's a great question because I'm actually just finished up writing a story for tomorrow at Auburn undercover of commit watch you know who are some of the guys that'll be on campus that are on commit watch um you know, it'll be interesting I don't know if you'll necessarily see one this weekend but I think you will see one coming out of this weekend in the sense that Auburn picks up a silent commitment or whatever and opts to reel it out later on. Duke's the name that I think the most realistic name, if someone were to pop this weekend for me, it'd be Favor Edwin, um, the offensive tackle out of Eagles Landing Christian Academy. This is a guy that we've had on commit watch really since his official visit for the Georgia game. Felt like he's been a candidate to pop to Auburn ever since then. And Hasn't happened yet, but he's expected back this weekend, Dukes, and it seems like there's a there's a strong chance that Auburn could seal the deal maybe this weekend. Yeah, I think he's he, he's the type of uh, the athlete that you want in your program, uh, the athletic guy uh, with some where you can kind of develop him the way you want to have him develop. I think a lot of times um, you get athletes or you get recruits who are so set in their ways and they've been dominant already that it's hard to kind of break them out of bad habits. Well, right here, you've got one of the best pieces of clay in the whole la- in the nation. And that's why he was able to pick up so many offers in such a, in such a short period of time. Um, the hoods family has been really good to him and in- actually introducing the football uh, Roger hood, uh, former cornerback. He's at a, uh, he's at a uh, central Phoenix city now yep. uh, with his son, Trent, but now he and Colton, he was at Eagles Landing last year, and uh, he and Colton Hood, who his nephew, who is there now, uh, they helped get him into playing football. So I think that he's always had an affinity, uh, an affinity for Auburn, and I think that uh, with a good showing this weekend, not just on the field but also off the field, I think that uh, they can close this deal. And I think it's a huge piece for Joe uh, for Thornton uh, to be able to. Have his kind of guy, like not a transfer portal guy, not a guy who was here when you got here, but for you to put your hands on a guy and say, you know what, this is one of my type of guys and I'm going to develop him and he believes in what I want to do and what we want to do as a team, scheme-wise and tech, and uh, as far as technically. 
And I think this is this is nothing but a 1,000% upside play for Auburn, and hopefully they can get it done. Yeah, it's it's really interesting talking about that. The job that they've done already in flipping this offensive line group has been pretty remarkable. And you're talking about you know just those things, but they 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 really feel good about Tyler Johnson, the true freshman they brought in, the guy that that Auburn recruited um, under the previous staff, never never gave that offer and never said, hey, come on. As soon as he's got us on board, they're like, hey, come on, we want you. And and he loved it. He was Tyler Johnson would have been committed, you know, eight months before had had the previous staff said, come on. Um, they really like him. Obviously, too tall. You know, Isaiah Miller's a guy that they feel like has has NFL potential now that he's gotten some some seasoning under his belt this season. Look at Connor Lou. I mean, that one's pretty obvious there. But brought in Dylan Sender from Northwestern. Um, you know, and, and Jaden Muskrat transferred from Tulsa. They they feel like they got some pieces in place to to be able to roll into next season. Obviously, you want to start adding high school guys. Um, you know, DeAndre Carter's committed. You want to start to put those guys. Cohen Eccles there from Katy, Texas, a guy that Auburn has recruited, taking an official visit. Texas A&M commitment. Um, guy that 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 is scheduled to be back here this weekend for this game, and so. Um, I think if in a perfect world, if you're Auburn, if you could add three or four high school guys and maybe a key transfer, maybe if you wanted to go jump another offensive tackle to kind of bridge the gap a little bit, but that would be remarkable and and just what the doctor ordered as they continue to reload up front. Jonathan, to answer your question and to add on to Jason's point, Cohen Eccles is another name. I I don't know if you'd see any movement necessarily this weekend, um, but I think Auburn could take a big step even more up in Cohen Eccles recruitment. Um, that's a guy that they've been recruiting the whole way. And as soon as the door opened a little bit more with Jimbo Fisher's firing, they really jumped at the opportunity and now he'll make the trip all the way back over on his own dime from Texas. Um, and there's a couple more names, but I'll save those for the story tomorrow. Um, here's a question from Jeff. Is Auburn still in on LJ McCray and Jeremiah Beeman? Yes. And Yes. Um, someone was also asking on the message board if Auburn was going to get LJ McCray on campus this weekend. As of now, it looks like he'll be at Florida, um, Florida having its rivalry game against Florida State. That's obviously where LJ is committed, um, and it's also closer to home. So I was talking about this with someone the other day. You've gotten LJ on campus three times already. Um, you got him on campus in the spring. You got him on campus in the summer for an official visit, and you got him on campus for a game already as well. So now if you're Auburn, you you know, they've continued to work. The flip of Jamonte Waller from Florida has definitely helped you. And now your kind of last shot will be that in-home visit. Try and keep working it. Try and sell your message um, and see what happens. As for Jeremiah Beeman, um, Jason, this is a guy that we continue to see video clips of every week. And he looks outstanding um, at Parker, obviously committed to Alabama, but uh, Auburn put in work during his official visit for the Georgia game. And Jeremy Garrett and the staff has worked to kind of continue keeping that up and seeing if things can get interesting going into signing day. I think you look at, at the path that Keldrick Falk has has gone on this year, and that's a path that Jeremiah Beeman would be on next year if he were to, to come to Auburn and, and be an early guy and come in and go through the spring, all those things, because I think Keldrick Falk's going to wind up being a three technique. I think he's going to slide inside because of his size physicality and and give give you an opening there at that defensive end spot 
for a guy that's 265, 270, that is powerful, athletic, then you still have that edge on the other side. And, and so, um, well, you're talking about an increased pass rush. If Keldrick Falk moves inside for this team and you're adding a true defensive end and you have those edge guys and you, you're bringing in you know, Waller and, and Joseph Phillips and those guys, then all of a sudden that's a lot more firepower on, on a defensive line for Auburn. And yeah, Beeman's a guy that they've, they've kind of pointed at and pointed to for a long time. Can you – can you do enough to 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 make another one of those Alabama flips here at the end? We'll see, but they've they've given themselves a shot, and and that's a pretty good position to be in. Here's another question from Bubba: uh, Over under one and a half commits before Saturday, as in before the Iron Bowl. I would definitely take the under. I think maybe Auburn gets a guy before Saturday, maybe on Friday or something to get a little bit of buzz going into the weekend, even more so. But I don't think I would put it at two personally. There's no one that I could think of where they would get with a second guy, unless I'm missing somebody. You know, you're you're keeping an eye on Cam Coleman, but Jason, we talked to him um, after his game last Friday night, and he said he was focused on the playoffs. Um, favor Edwin, those are the main two that I'm watching, kind of the closest right now. I, I don't know if you would get both of them to pop before Saturday, so I would take the under. Yeah, and Cam, they you know they, you have a semifinal Friday night, and in Alabama. The 7A, you went on Friday night. You don't play till the following Wednesday. So you would you have about a 12-day window between those things. That could be a potential thing if you're, you're a guy like Cam Coleman afterwards. Um, but you also have these all-star games coming up. There's, there's lots of things to be done. But um, it, it seems like it's trending in the right direction at the moment. But, yeah, I don't know that – yeah, I don't know that there's – enough guys at that point in time to do it before the game on Saturday. It's the NFL offseason, but on pick six, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network, the football season never stops. Host Will Brinson, John Breach, and Tyler Sullivan are joined by analysts like Brady Quinn, Leslie Ducible, Katie Mox, and R.J. White to keep you in the loop on everything happening around the league. Whether it's free agents signing with new teams, the all-important NFL draft, or schedule release day, pick six has you covered. As the face of the league changes with every team move and player pickup this spring, Pick 6 is a must-listen. Download and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Odyssey app, and anywhere podcasts are found. On May 23rd... I want to go back to normal. What's normal? The Paramount Plus original series, Evil Returns. We've already hunted werewolves and demons. And now what? A baby antichrist? <laughs> Prepare yourself. You will not beat us. For the end. I have visions of hell. Make it stop. Make it shut up. You're not gonna survive this. Evil. The final season. Streaming May 23rd. Only on Paramount+. Plus. Here's a quick one real quick. Um, is Walker White an early enrollee? Yes. Um, Jason, when we actually went to Arkansas, um, and this will be kind of a separate tangent that I kind of thought about when we went to Arkansas and we talked with Walker, one of the things that he said that stuck out to me instantly at that moment was he said he's going to be an early enrollee at Auburn and he said he wants to come and um, be there in time for bowl practices. And the thing that really stuck out was he said, because I do believe that Auburn will make a bowl game. And you talk about the New Mexico State loss and everyone asking, is this going to affect recruits? How do these losses affect recruits? You know, that was a really common question when Auburn was on its four-game losing streak and obviously a big question um, after the embarrassing loss this past weekend for Auburn. Auburn's not selling – look, you can't you can't make up for a New Mexico State loss, but Auburn's not selling 
SEC championships this year. That hasn't been their message this whole year. And these guys understand it. Walker White is saying, I think that they will make a bowl game, as in he's understanding of the situation at Auburn. And these guys that they're recruiting are understanding what the current situation is and what they're there to do in the future, you know, what they're going to be a part of in the future. And that's for a lot of these guys, it's immediate playing time. Jason, one of the biggest visitors on campus last weekend, we'll keep talking about him, Cam Coleman. Um, he, he declined to interview after the game and everyone was like, it's over. Do we just ruin our chances because of losing to New Mexico state? Personally, I don't think so because if you're an outside receiver and you're looking at this Auburn team right now, you're looking at immediate playing time. That's it. Um, that's the key. Dukes is something we've been pointing towards since this staff got here, the ability to sell opportunity and, um, Opportunity is there across the board. I mean, it doesn't matter what position you play. There's Auburn has guys, but there's nowhere where you go, no, oh, we won't take another guy there. Everywhere is opportunity. And looking at secondary, I mean, they're going after a bunch of guys. You're going to lose some key guys there linebacker, defensive line, offensive line, tight end, wide receiver, heck, even running back. I mean, you feel good about that group, and I don't know that they'll lose anybody. But if a guy jumped up that they love and said, hey, I'm going to come, okay, come on. Um, there's opportunity across the board and that's what you can sell. And that's what they've been selling this entire time. Opportunity, growth, potential. Here's what we want the program to get. <clears throat> You've seen signs of that. Took a step back last week, but it doesn't change the overall picture of what they're, they're selling. No, not at all. And uh, <clears throat> like, like they said, like kids in Atlanta, uh, you know, they say Auburn's got a wave right now. Um, right now it's, it's a lot more popular. Uh, people are starting to realize how close, so a lot of the, the like especially from from the Atlanta area, if you're south of the city, Auburn is actually closer than than Athens. So a lot of the blue chippers are starting to say, okay, well let's hit let's let's ride down to 85. And even in this year, I thought it was really telling that there are some really highly ranked guys who are interested in Auburn. And Auburn kind of out recruited. They you know saying, hey, you know, we we like you a lot, but if we could get this guy, you know, if we, if we miss here, you know, we'll call you, but right now you can't commit. And I think that's very, very telling as to the level of recruiting that Auburn is doing right now. And that people are buying into the point of changing the culture in Auburn. <clears throat> and you can be one of those catalysts for change immediately. It's almost like, like, uh, who was the coach of the foul five? Uh, golly, with Weber and him. Yeah, uh, um, Bill Frieder was the coach that came after them. Uh, so, was it Fisher? Yeah, 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 yes. You're right, Steve Fisher. That was yep, it. Steve Fisher. Frieder was, before, Frieder was before got fired. Went to Arizona State. Yep. So yep. I kind of, I kind of likened it to being able to sell the same thing. And if you've ever seen the Fat Five special, like being able to sell the same thing that Steve Fisher was able to sell at Michigan. That if you bring in the right guys. Regardless of age, if you can play, you can play. And here's a place that you have opportunity. The fans are going to be behind you from day one, and you have an opportunity to become a legend in a place like Auburn. And yeah. I, I, I think that's a lot to sell. And as you can see from the – if you just look at where Auburn is recruiting now and in reference to – in comparison to a year ago, it's night and day. So I don't think the New Mexico State game had as much of an impact that some people would like for 
or some people kind of think that it does or they're writing about it. I think for me, for me talking to recruits, it looks like a bump in the road. And I think what they want to see is how Auburn responds this week. And I think if Auburn can respond in a positive manner, I think it just does nothing but continue to build momentum for what they want to do recruiting-wise. Yeah, and I, I wrote about it a little bit this week. And, hey, it was a much different type of game. But Nick Saban's first year at Alabama, they lost to Louisiana Monroe. That Louisiana Monroe team went 6-6. Six and six. I remember what it was like in this state when that happened. People were like, uh-oh, you may not be the right guy. Um, you know, I don't know if it's going to work, all these things. All they did went out and signed the number one class in the country, and that was Julio Jones. That was, you know, Dante Hightower. That was Courtney Upshaw. That was Mark Barron. That was a bunch of guys. This class isn't going to be the number one class in the country for Auburn, but you could have that many impact players, and that's the key when you look at it. You start going elite-level talent. Can you increase that across the board? They're going to have a chance to do that, and um, – you know, and I, you're right. I think it's now how much can you build, how much can you add, and go out. Hey, go out and compete Saturday. Go, hey, toe to toe. It was you're right, blipping the radar. Go out and compete Saturday, and and I expect nothing less from from Auburn. Uh, you know, when when they tee that one off on Saturday afternoon. Yeah, I think a uh, five-star Georgia offensive line commit Micah Debose said it best. He's like, look, the game was just a bust. I, they didn't come out fully prepared and. It showed, and it showed that they needed more players. You know, he said not necessarily just me, but it showed they just needed more players, and that wouldn't happen. Um, and you know, Jamonte Waller talked about it really um, in a good aspect as well that I think was interesting for people to read. Um, here's a question from the chat. What are the dates of the transfer portal, and how many is Auburn going to try and take? In terms of the dates, it opens up on December 4th. I believe it's a 30-day window, um, so then it closes on January 4th. You can still go, you know, commit somewhere, sign somewhere, enroll somewhere, whatever, after January 4th. But January 4th is your last day to enter the portal in that window. And shortly after that, I don't know when Auburn starts classes this January. Um, but if you want to be going through spring practices, okay. it's pretty close after that January 4th around there. So um, I think Jason's looking that up, but it's somewhere around there. So that's that. Um, here's Pocket Watch in the chat actually saying he just left the arena um, with Auburn basketball up big. So there you go. Welcome. Welcome in. Glad to have you here. Here is one. This is a good question for Jason. Um, we know the answer to it from Orion. Is this Luke deals last year? Um, we do the real deal every week with Luke and Jason. It is actually not his last year. Well, he's Te he's technically. Yeah, he's he has a year left if he wants it. Uh, I think he's still trying to decide if he wants to do that or not. Um, I, honestly, all the tight end group has the ability to come back and have another year. And so I think we'll see at least a couple of those guys back. I think Rivaldo Fairweather would be back too because I think he's just now kind of learning how to play. He's shown flashes of being a guy that can be a, a dominant receiving tight end out there. You add the other guys around him, and then I think you have a chance to do even more. But, yeah, Luke's a guy that – I think it's still mulling over that decision on, on whether to come back or not. Um, classes, January 10th. Okay, so, so you would have a little under a week. Then you'll have a few days after that even if you wanted to get in because of, yeah. of the drop ad date and those kind of things. So got a little bit probably towards the middle of January um, for people to make that decision. And ask about numbers. It, it honestly just – we'll, we'll probably have a much better idea about that probably the middle of December – once you figure out who's going to stay it. I don't think it'll be, it won't be a huge class. Though. It won't be I, can, I can say that for certain. I think 
a dozen max, and that's before sprint, after sprint. Yeah, I think it's 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 going to be closer to what they would like to have it, which is position of need, position of need. Go get a guy here instead of we got to take everybody we can find because we don't have any veterans. That yes. that was that's that was last year. This year, you go, you know, if you could find another offensive tackle that's a veteran guy to kind of help you bridge the gap a little bit, maybe another veteran pass rush guy, depending on what Jalen McLeod does. Um, maybe another veteran linebacker to help you with some of those young guys, but I, I don't know. I think, uh, yeah, it's, it's going to be a much smaller number, I believe. We'll hit a couple more questions from the chat and then we'll close it out. As a reminder, guys, we're running our Black Friday special for the next week, 75% off an annual sub. So if you're not a member at auburnundercover.com, come check us out. Less than $30 for a whole year's worth of VIP intel. So that'll get you through this signing day. It'll get you through February signing day, get you through basketball season, get you through next summer, the official visit season, get you through a good chunk of the football season next year as well. Um, and then at that point, if you stick on with us as a uh, fully priced member, you get Paramount Plus um, to complement your subscription to Auburn Undercover as well. So come check us out if you are not a member of that site already. Um, question from Kyle, chances of flipping Khalil House. Just haven't heard his name that much. Um, I think Auburn's pretty focused on Cohen Eccles and favor Edwin recently. They could maybe go back in on him late here again, the Stanford commit. Jason, this is a guy that we've liked quite a bit, but Auburn has kind of shifted its board a little bit, got DeAndre Carter. Now you're looking at some Juco guys as well. It kind of feels like it's setting up to be DeAndre Carter, favor Edwin, try and get Cohen Eccles as your third high school guy hit the Juco for one or two guys and then a portal guy or maybe two. Yeah. I think if Khalil House, one of those guys, if he said, Hey, I want to come and he, he jumped on it, then Auburn would probably do it. But kind of hadn't, hadn't felt like that really in a while. Um, the guy that we all saw and loved in what was it? January, February over in Carrollton. Yeah. Really athletic guy. Um, committed to Stanford. Even with the, the issues there, seems like he's pretty content on, on making that move. Uh, what are the chances of Ryan Williams reclassifying? I would say I wouldn't put a percentage on it, but I would say better chance that it happens than not from what we've heard and the way it's kind of setting up. Um, and we'll get a chance to talk with him again this weekend as he visits for the Iron Bowl and see if he's got an update there. I know he planned to officially announce something one way or the other um, on whether or not he was sticking in the 2025 class or moving to 2024 sometime in December. We'll hit this question from Bubba um, Dukes. Based on current intel, would you guys say this is a top 10 class? Maybe top eight. I don't know if I would go top eight, but I would say top 10 myself. Dukes, curious your thoughts there. Yeah, I, I think it ends up a top 10 class. Um, <clears throat> there are some guys like below the radar that had kind of been waiting for an Auburn offer that Auburn wants to see if there are some higher rated guys that are able to get like the the, the premium guys like LJ McCray, Jeremiah Beeman, but They've been keeping some guys warm that are still top 100, top 150 type guys who will still help your class So as far as the rankings go. But one thing I've always said about this uh, staff at Auburn is they don't recruit according to 24-7 or composite rankings. They recruit they recruit based on who they like. And um, as you can see, some of the guys who they were recruiting early on, they put a heavy emphasis on LJ McCray. Now he's the top five player in the country. So um, – I think that this class, based on how they recruit and uh, who they are recruiting, not just the, the popular names, I think that they end up top 10. Yeah, well, it's like 
Cam Coleman. He was the first 2024 guy that Marcus Davis called when he got the job. He was a top 200 guy at the time. Now he's a top 10 guy. Cohen Eccles, pretty much completely unranked. Now he's a top 247 guy. We 24-7 Sports updated the 2025 rankings today. Malik Autry committed in February, unranked. Now he's the number 90 player in the country. Favor Edwin was ranked in the thousands. Now he's ranked around 500. So, Dukes, you're completely right in terms of kind of where Auburn is recruiting its guys. And, I mean, that's every staff around the country. But Auburn, uh, Auburn has a pretty good blueprint, it seems like, of finding guys that they like that fits their system pretty well. This question from Brian, do the coaches or players determine when that COVID year is utilized? I know how it works in baseball, but assume football is different. Uh, it, it, it's uh, basically, it just gives you an extra year if you decide to use it. Yeah, so, that's, yeah. Yeah, it's almost, it doesn't, no matter when it's utilized, you either take it or you don't. And so you either have that extra year or you don't. And so, um, yeah, so it doesn't really, yeah, if, if you're using your COVID year, like if you're Luke Deal, it's just your last year. Like yeah, it's, it's just, not yeah, one of your previous six, years or something like that. It'll yeah. just be a six year. Yeah. And so, um, you know, so uh, the, the question is, do you have the opportunity? I think for a guy like Luke Deal, they absolutely would have loved to see him come back. The, the rest of those tight end group, some guys, they may say, hey, I know you got a COVID year. We, we don't see you in our plans. You may want to see if you can find somewhere else to play your last year. There might be a couple of those on this group, but yeah. If you have a year and they say, "Hey, we want you here and you want to stay," then yeah, it would just be like you'd just be like you had a red shirt year that year, and now you're having that extra year even when you played. So we're thankfully about to get out of those years um, sometime here down the road and almost get back to to where it feels like it's a little bit normal. Yes, that'll be very nice because it's always a little bit hectic. A guy like Shane Hooks started his career at Ohio and then went to Jackson State, and then ended up at Auburn. You're trying to figure out if they're yeah. graduate transfers, you, if they have do, COVID years, COVID, stuff like that. COVID and multiple transfers, and it becomes uh, a mess on trying to figure out who's who can come back, who will come back, who's able to come back, who can't leave. I mean, there's a lot, there's a lot of those things that go into play. Yeah, so we are – I think we'll wrap it up there. Um, before we wrap it up, Dukes, I just want to get kind of your thoughts going into the weekend, recruiting-wise, game-wise, just overall expectations for kind of how you think this weekend will go and could go for Auburn. Yeah, I think you'll see um, a lot of the pent-up frustration that the fan base had last week come out this week. You know, I think it's going to be really, really electric in that stadium. Um <clears throat> And the quietest kept, I think, uh, some of the commits this week, if, if they're – I would watch a couple of 2025 visitors. Um, you know, a lot of focus has been put on the 2024s and trying to close strong, but uh, Auburn's recruiting staff has really done a good job of getting started early on 2025, and there are some guys that they have really close in the 25 class. So I will stay tuned there as well. Jason, same question for you, and then we'll we'll close it out here. Yeah, I'll let Dukes talk to – the recruiting side, I, I just, you know, I just a little bit about the football side. I, I think it's um, a, a really interesting game to see if Auburn can play like the Auburn of Arkansas. And if they do that, this team can go out and compete with, with anybody they play. We've seen them go out and compete with Georgia. Um, can you deliver that kind of performance? I know one thing, um, you know, I heard people like, oh, man, like we, I wrote about the fog Monday. The fog is gone. 
it's it's our bowl week. Yeah, that's gone. That's the good thing about players and coaches. They don't have any choice but to move on. Fans can think about New Mexico State until next spring, and they will. Um, players and coaches can't do that. They got to move on, and they have. They're watching film. They're practicing. They're doing all those things. I would expect nothing less than a really good effort on Saturday. Will it be enough? It'd be hard. Alabama's playing really well. That's a team that has more talent across the board than Auburn does. But, you know, two years ago, they had more talent than Auburn did too, and they were able to, to find a way. It's different teams, different everything. Um, that, and I'll say this, that Auburn team two years ago was more talented than this Auburn team is. People not, might not believe it, but they were. Now they were by, by a, a good margin. Yeah, they probably. were banged up at the end, but that was a more talented team on the line of scrimmage and, you know, some of the things they did. So um, looking forward to it. Going to be a lot, of, a lot of players, a lot of big time recruits there. Should be a great weather day. A lot of fun, and it's always a good day. Yeah, one of my official predictions, um, well, this is multiple predictions, but something ridiculous, special teams always happens. Feels like Brian Batie is just, it hasn't happened yet. Feels like he'll he'll house a kick, or Jason kind of feels like Alabama could house a kick, maybe as well. Auburn has really struggled I, I, I've with just kickoffs. Seen Alabama recurring kickoffs for touchdowns three or four times in, in these games over the years, and um, you know, so I, yeah, there'll be a special teams play. You know, still haven't seen Auburn, you know, pull one down and and take off running with the rugby guy back there. I mean, you know, there's there's I think a lot of things that are still on the board. And, this is the weekend to do something like that. Yes, and this is the weekend to be over at AuburnUndercover.com. If you're not there, just make sure to come check us out. Again, I'll say it one final time. Black Friday special is already running 75% off, less than $30 for an annual sub. We really appreciate everyone that joined in the YouTube show. We'll be back probably same day next week. Um, I'd imagine we'll do Tuesday again next week, maybe Monday to get something done quicker. Um, we never even hit on the official visits, but – the, the main noteworthy one is Roger Saliapaga, um, the tight end from Utah. The rest are all Auburn commitments. Um, so what official visits Auburn does still have, they're kind of saving for December, JUCO guys, transfer stuff like that. Um, mm -hmm. So that should be noted as well. And we'll have all that covered at AuburnUndercover.com. So yeah, we really – Basketball wins by 30, 84-54. So folks that, there you go. That, uh, that came over earlier, a 30-point win for them, and now they got a, a little break. Um uh, before returning to action next week. So. Heartbreak for the, the minus 33 and a half betters after Auburn was up 40 at one point. But yeah, that, that, that cost some people tonight. <laughs> but anyways, we really appreciate everyone tuning in, everyone that's listening later on. Thanks, everybody, and we will catch you guys soon.